From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out today. If you can believe it, February 22. As a matter of fact, we were discussing 2222, right? This is the yep. official date. Mm-hmm. No matter what the groundhog said, which I found out it said more winter, thanks, but no thanks. Well, I thought it was. I thought the groundhog in Mississippi didn't see his shadow, so he's hanging out. Uh, well, this was Puxatawney Phil. Oh, yeah. Well, like the super-duper one that was the movie the star. <laughs> right, true. Um, so in the spirit of uh, Valentine's coming, we're going to look at some of the honeydew list. And, boy, I got wrapped up in a honeydew this weekend, i got to tell you about. Join the conversation with us this morning with your home improvement questions by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877 877- 672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be getting to some of those here in just a minute. How are you doing, Pam? I'm good. I, I think that groundhog's having a bad hair day. You think so? Yeah, because I am. Cause Did you see a picture of it? <laughs> no. But look at this weather. It's all nasty outside. The weather is, is pretty bummer. And then it's I, I understand it's going to get really, really cold at the end very, of the week. Very, very cold. So, And I thought about this driving in this morning. You know, uh, Groundhog Day is like a bad DIY project. What do you mean? Well, you just have to do it over and over. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you don't do it right the first time, then the second time, and then the third time. <laughs> well, here here is my uh, my DIY for the week. Uh, my wife, uh, you know, she gets on Pinterest, and then it's on. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I, yeah. I guess we get bored and start looking at Pinterest, and then it's like, sweetie. And here it goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what we found this weekend, now I have to say, in our bathroom, um, the home was built in 1989. So all of the stuff that we've not already replaced is still left from there. One of the cabinets on the wall was a 1989 cabinet, and it, it looked every bit of that. I mean, it had a mullet and everything. It's mm-hmm. just... But anyway, it's huge hanging off the wall. It's like this giant wall wart. So so my wife sees this cool thing in Pinterest where they've got these painted crates on the wall, and then they've got the little baskets inside the crates instead of a giant uh, cabinet with, a, with a, a door on it. With a big, huge door on it. Right, right, which is right over, by the way, which is right over, over the uh, – the toilet so if you're on the toilet and you stand up and the door is open you're liable to get your yeah yeah it's just a bad day anyway (laughs) so i end up taking the cabinet down the reason why i wanted to tell everybody this is because i don't know if you've done this before but there's a, a procedure and it's not nearly as difficult as you might think when you take a cabinet down the first thing that i thought of is uh you know i've painted this cabinet in that room probably 12 times in the 15 years i've lived there so the first thing you want to do is cut the paint between the sheetrock and the cabinet that have that has been painted over over and over, and over. just like a yeah just like mm-hmm. a windowsill mm-hmm. you know paint it because anyway you can pull all the screws out of it you want and it won't pull from the wall if the paint's still hanging it just right hangs it. out there yeah so until uh, it falls on your head when you're sitting on the toilet but uh <laughs> the, the great thing was i was able to get my wife to clean out the cabinet 
so that was the hard part. So all I had to deal with was getting it off the wall. So, so uh, believe it or not, there was only four screws holding this cabinet to the wall, each to one of the studs, right, that was under it. And all I had to do is pull out these four screws after I had cut the paint, you know, and it just fell off the wall. No big deal. Then I went back in. I filled the screws with some uh, some uh, putty, you know, the screw holes, and uh, and kind of flattened out anything that didn't look like it was going to paint right. I waited a little while, you know, about an hour, you know, got that really nice and dry and sanded that down and then painted it um, and then put her uh, her little crate things up there. It looks phenomenal. It's about half the size of that massive cabinet in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to get. To, it, it made us. It's made us have a cleaner presentation instead of hiding just a ton of junk oh, behind yeah. the door. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So the, your your stuff's in the crate, so you don't see it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, it's in a little basket that's pushed into the crate. Into the crate. Yeah. 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 You know something a else. Pull out basket. Like if you don't want to take the cabinet off, you could always just take the door off and that's the true. shelves out and do the same thing. With right. Whatever. If you don't it, want to have to take it off the wall. Right. It's it's crazy, though, because it was, I think, 14 inches from the wall to the front of that cabinet. And I was like, it's just this huge thing hanging out there. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have it gone. Like I said, it's it's got, you know, it had a, a, a mullet on it. It needed to go away. You know, it's and when the weather gets like this, it's a great time to do some cleaning out. I, I rearranged and cleaned out. I, I have a home office. Uh-huh. And that's what I did this weekend. I um had gotten up and I was working in my office on Friday and I was like, I just don't like this anymore. Right. <laughs> so I started cleaning out and moving stuff and I got rid of desk and I got rid of, you know, the little things that go on the right. desk and all that stuff. I put a chair down there. So and- wait a minute, I got a question. Nobody just starts cleaning up. What What were you avoiding doing? Well, I wasn't avoiding anything, but I have um, – that's where my fireplace is in my house. Uh-huh. And my desk is right in front of that. So I burn a lot of wood during the wintertime. Right. And when I get up in the morning, I have my coffee and my little meditation time. And the position of where my chair was, I had to look at the fire, but I couldn't look outside. Right. And I wanted to look at both. Right. <laughs> so that's what started the whole okay. thing. I was like, wonder okay. what I could move so that I could see outside and see my fireplace at the same time. And mission accomplished. Oh, all you have to do is watch the space around Jason to find out if he's got something important he needs to do or not. <laughs> because if I've got something I really need to do that I don't want to do, all of a sudden my space is about as clean as you're going to get. Well, I have to admit I was working on my taxes. <laughs> right. There you go. See, I knew it. I, I knew like, it was something. Okay. I just I got to do something else besides sit here and look at all these numbers. <laughs> hey, I got uh, a couple of emails here that were in relation to our show last week. A couple of uh, comments. Hello, all. I like the idea of washing a rug on a trampoline. We were talking last week about uh, not washing bath rugs in in uh, in your washing machine that it would hurt the washing machine. And I mentioned that my daughter had figured out to put her rug on the trampoline and hose it down while the water 
passes through the trampoline. So it's a great idea. Anyway, um, she says, I clean them in the carport on the concrete using a broom with a large soft brush and a bucket of carpet cleaner. Vacuum the rug, then wet it with the hose. Gently brush it with cleaning solution. I remove the water with a shop vac, then rinse well and vacuum with a shop vac. Lacking a trampoline, I hang it over uh, an old table, covered it with a sheet, and lift it out overnight and let it dry another day to be sure it was really dry. Uh, man, that's a lot to that's clean a, a lot, rug. But I really like the idea of using the shop vac. Yeah. Oh, and she says, thank you for the show. I'm now going to go pour boiling water and Dawn down my drain. There you go, girl. There you I'm go. telling you, it'll clean those pipes out. That's right. Uh, that's best regards, Annie. Hey, Jim's on the line in Jackson right now. He's got a plumbing question. What's going on, Jim? Well, um, I live in Jackson. And my wife and I are about to redo our kitchen, just rip everything out and start over again. The last update to it was done by amateurs, and it looks like it. Um it got me to thinking about, you know, with all the water issues in Jackson, mm-hmm. um, what, are, what are y'all's thoughts on the value, uh, practicality, and usefulness of a whole house water filter that would go in the, the, uh, the main line right behind the, uh, the water meter? I know Pam has probably seen these and worked with them before. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on this, Pam. You know... <clears throat> It's not a bad idea. They're, they can be kind of pricey. Um, and I do know that in Jackson, in, in particular areas, like, for instance, I used to live down in the Bellhaven area, which is kind of our artsy area, and it was real close to the treatment plant down mm-hmm. there. And our toilets were always pink because there was so much chlorine in the water. Uh-huh. And then all my I was working at Bellhaven College, and all my students who were blonde had green hair <laughs> <laughs> because of the high chemical content. So huh. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's, it's economically, it would just be if you wanted to spend that kind of money on something like that. Um, and that would require some regular maintenance on filtering and that kind of thing, correct? Right. Well, and I would yeah. do – I have a, a filtration system in my house just for my drinking water, and I have a separate little faucet there okay. at the sink. Um, and the reason I like that particular one is that every six months they send me a new filter. Oh. So it's just the reminder to change it. So anything that okay, you so research. Okay, so somebody can get an idea what you're talking about. I'm going to go ahead and let you give the brand of that. Do you know what it is? Yeah, this is uh, Aquasana um, Water for Life system. Okay. And so I just pay them. The filter itself is free. Mm-hmm. And then I just pay for the filters every six months. Y- y'all heard what she just said, right? The filter is free. I just pay for it every six months. No, the, the well, the filter is free. The cartridges. Okay, the cartridges. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I never. <laughs> paid for the um for the system itself was free right. but i am signed up for and i think it's fifty dollars every six months but then i know because i drink a lot of water right and you know bottled water is not cheap no. you'd probably come out ahead by putting a filtration system in but the thing that i see is a home inspector mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that when I look under the cabinets on these filtration systems, nobody's paid attention to them for years. Right. That's what I was meaning about maintenance on these systems, mm-hmm. because you can't just put them in and forget it until, you know, three years from now. No, uh-uh. you really need to pay attention. And on these whole house systems and maybe some I don't have any experience with these, 
But I believe if you research that well enough, then it would be like you'd be on a maintenance plan where like with your HVAC system, Mm -hmm. where somebody comes in every six to eight months and checks out the system. Right. So I would want to do just due diligence on really researching the type of system and then finding someone in this market that would service that system for you. Yeah. Well, your... I have I have I have the greatest plumber in the history of water, and I, I would have full <laughs> confidence in him uh, to to take care of a whole house system. But Pam, is the filter system you're talking about going under the cabinet, not screwing on to the to the uh, diffuser? Yes, it is under mine. Is um, and there are all kinds of systems out Mm -hmm. there folks but mine personally and i've had this thing for 15 years i love it Mm -hmm. and when my component itself wore out they just sent me another one right so the and still send me the filters the biggest problem i have is changing the crazy filters right i should do a whole video on that but yes jim mine is under the cabinet and the fil- there's two filters, because mine does a dual filter. So if the water goes in one filter and filters, mm-hmm. then it goes into the other filter and filters, and then it comes out the faucet on the top. Right. And mine is set right underneath my cabinet, and I installed it myself. It's not very hard. And it is hanging on the cabinet right as you open the cabinet door, and it's high enough that I can store things underneath it. Right. And, and Jim, I'd like to let... Uh, other listeners know that if 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 this is a system that sounds good but you cannot simply afford a system like that um think about this everybody in my house gets their drinking water not not the other water but their drinking water from our refrigerator which has a filter Filter system right right right. uh which we change out every six months well and just remember you need to change that filter too oh yes that's what i'm saying we got to change that filter every six months when the system tells you to change the filter and those filters are not cheap no they're not those son of a guns are expensive well i tell you what if you go to if you go to uh your your local hardware store i'll say that because i know it's in the big boxes but you find your filter and right next to it, they've got the generic name brand, the generic brand. Actually, their house brand is typically what they have, and a two-pack, and it's less than the one name brand filter. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if I'm buying a, a, a lesser product, but uh, anyway, that's an option. But I will tell you, Jim, and I know you probably you you had a comment. If I were living in Jackson, I would probably research a whole house filter. I would look yeah. at. I would certainly look at that. I've done some looking at it, and and they range like everything else. They have a pretty wide range in price, but some highly rated ones were uh, around a thousand dollars or a little less. And um, since I'm getting ready to spend probably thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> building a new kitchen. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot of expense. It doesn't. Me, really. No. And something else, if you're going to be doing that, I would recommend a whole house shut off somewhere in the house. Ooh. So that way you're not having to go out to the yard to shut your water off. If you're going to go to that expense and put in the filter, then I, I'm and I then maybe it requires a shut off right in front of it. I don't know. But so that you would change be awesome. the filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, well, there's some kind of psychic uh, force going on here, Pam, because I actually dreamed last night that I had discovered a hidden whole house shut off in my house. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Which I don't have. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good dream. I actually had a client call me yesterday because they had a water leak, and they had had a new plumbing line put in out to a boathouse. And when that line was put in, they put in a shutoff. So they could turn it off right. because they had had a catastrophic leak years ago. Well, guess what? The grass grew over the shutoff and they couldn't find oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens. I've actually finally uploaded that video on our YouTube channel on how to turn the water off at your house. And folks, with this weather coming in, mm-hmm. please take a look at that. The yeah. Inspect It Like a Girl YouTube channel. And I'm explaining to you how to turn that water off. Right. If you don't know that and you need to know it. You're, uh, when you need to know it, you're too late. You're too late. Yeah, so um, there, and, and it, the the grass grows over it, the leaves grow over it. Mm-hmm. You put mulch over it, yeah. and you don't know where it is, and you got a leak going on, and it it can be it can be catastrophic. All right, All right thanks, Jim. I hope that helps you out with your question. I, okay. I appreciate y'all's insights very much. Thank you. Thanks, thanks man. I appreciate it. Um, let's do uh, one more. Uh, uh, break. <laughs> let's, let's get on the same here. team here. Right, let's get going. <laughs> Time for us to take our first break of the hour, and today we want to hear from you. What are you working on this February? Also, when we return, we'll look over some common honeydew list items. If you have a question, you want to join the show and give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. And Lawson, Lawson's licensed contractor, Jeff Sammons, is uh, out this week. He's from Houseworks. But you can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I love the fact that folks do listen to us and they... And they have opinions when we speak, and I like this a lot, because we spoke last week. Someone had called in about the fact that they had the old asbestos shingles or or, or siding on their home, and they want to know how to best cover that. And we gave them a couple of ideas. You can, you can cover it. You can take it down. You can paint it. There's a lot of different things. One of the uh, – uh, someone uh, sent us an email and said, I would suggest using fake asbestos siding shingle tiles for replacement and or repair of the odd broken or cracked tile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We use them on our 1950 Ray's Ranch house in Baton Rouge. The fakes, the fake ones are made of concrete and other non-asbestos material. Once painted, they look fine for replacing the old, odd, broken, or chipped asbestos shingle. The non-asbestos replacements uh, may not be totally identical in texture to the old asbestos sidings, but they were enough alike that one didn't notice the difference at them from even just a few feet away. 
Yeah, the only person that's going to notice is the home inspector. <laughs> right, right. And he said, when we bought the house, we assumed the asbestos siding would be a problem and a headache to repair. It wasn't. Instead of a headache and an eyesore, we repaired it, and that siding turned out to be an asset and a pleasure. Uh, another thing that he had mentioned in his email and another uh, part of the email was that it, it added some insulation to the home. The fact that the asbestos was there, it, it did add some insulation to the home. That was his opinion. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. But there it'll be there forever. That's true. It's not going anywhere. No, it's going to it, outlive us all. And it won't burn. And oh, nope, it won't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's keep going. Jimmy's on the line in Greenville, and he's got a really interesting question you called the right show for. But I'm going to give it to you, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, my question is uh, uh, putting down uh, ceramic tile. I want to put down ceramic tile in my kitchen. How work intensive is it, and is it considered a DIY project? I will say, as a DIYer, and and I have done this a couple of times. Uh, uh, tile, believe it or not, like ceramic tile. Uh, although it's not forgiving very much when it comes to cutting, it is it is a forgiving product to use. So what I'm saying is is that is that uh, if you follow directions and if you will use the proper uh, equipment, not, don't cheap out on stuff. You can a DIYer absolutely can tile. But please, I am begging you to watch a, a professional do it on YouTube uh, or something okay. of that manner. I will say this. Um, the most in tile, the most important tile you put down when you're doing tiling is the very first tile. So, so you want to watch how this works because uh, if you do this uh, inefficiently, you end up having to do a lot more cutting than the pros right, would have to right. do. So, yeah, do right. watch something. But, but look, uh, depending on – do you have, a, do you have a, a, a slab floor or a, a wood floor? Slab. Yeah, okay, slab, yeah. This, this is going to be fairly, fairly cut and dry for you. Well, what you want – let me give you a couple of suggestions if mm-hmm. this is something you want to think about doing. Number one, find somebody to help you. <laughs> Um, And the reason I say that is that um, floor covering, whatever you're going to do, you got to get down on your knees and measure it. Then you have to get up and go and cut it. Then you have to come back and put it down and fit it. Then you have to get up and go get the stuff. I mean, because it is an up and down job. It's very labor intensive job. It's labor intensive. Another thing is, and it looks like you're up in Greenville, I'm not sure if... They do this there, but it would be worth maybe driving over to Memphis or coming down to Jackson. These big box stores will offer workshops on doing uh, specific things. And I would certainly attend one of those and ask a lot of questions. Absolutely. They have them on weekends a lot. And and you can watch someone tile a little bit. But you're right. That is something a normal human can do. You can do it. Yeah. Um, Yes. Absolutely. I've put down a lot of floors in my uh, home through the years, and um, my biggest thing was knee pads and a friend. <laughs> well, and I'll throw in I'll throw in another thing. There's no putting in floors without blades, one way or the other. Whether you're cutting wood or you're mm-hmm. uh, sawing tile or whatever, 
it, it is a dangerous business. So invest in some good gloves and use all your safety precautions. And I would even, you can buy some of these tile cutters in mm-hmm. some of these stores. I don't particularly like those. If I were going to do that project, I would probably rent a wet a saw. A wet saw, yes. Right, right. Well, and one of the things you want to do, something she mentioned is, is, is renting a tool. Find yourself a tool rental place near you and rent the tool. The reason being is that your options are either renting a tool or a lot of people choose to buy a cheap tool. Don't do that. Don't do that. R- rent Especially, the good tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get something that's going to have a nice blade on it. And that's where yeah. one of these workshops would probably be beneficial you know because if, if a big box store is having the workshop then they're probably going to have the tool to rent you that's right. kind of what their motive right. is is to get you in right. the store to use their products right. all right jimmy does that help out man okay yes it does thank you yeah good luck with it You're very welcome <laughs> all right all right let's go to prince in memphis has got a fridge water line issue what's going on prince good morning to you both how are you doing good very morning. good what's going on Oh, nothing much. Just trying to enjoy this beautiful weather before it turns hideous in right. the next 24 hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, Memphis is going to get blasted. <laughs> we, we always do, and you know Memphis. They can't drive when it's dry. You know they can't drive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, my reason for calling this morning, uh, last week I got a, a Mata refrigerator. Uh-huh. And, and like you spoke on, change that filter every six months. Well, I got behind the eight ball and I forgot to change it. Even though when I opened the refrigerator door up, right. the pink light was on. Yep. And when that pink light is on, it'll let you know the time to change. I'm like, okay, I change it whenever I want to. Right. I, you know, I'm, the, I'm the big guy around I'm here. the boss. <laughs> it showed, yeah, it showed me who was the boss with the hot dog. Yeah. So the light went, it went green again. So I said, okay, it must be okay. Not the case. So uh, the ice maker stopped making, producing ice. And then, all of a sudden, I said, well, let me look it up on YouTube. And, and the guy said, put in a water valve, intake valve. So I, I ordered one and did exactly how they showed me. And no ice. But I forgot to read it. It said anywhere between 2 to 48 hours, 72 hours. Right. And I said, okay, fine. But when I put the new water filter in, I... I put it in where it's snug, and it's got a lid that you close on top of it. Uh-huh. But when I close that lid on top of it, water doesn't dispense out of it. But if I leave that lid open, water come out just perfectly. Everything works just fine. The ice sensor works fine. The water comes out. But if I close that lid, you know, it, it, won't, it won't work. Hey, Prince, so you're, you're, you're still the boss, man. <laughs> you go ahead and leave it off. <laughs> By, by not closing that lid on no. the filter. Nope. No, no, I don't think it about it. I'm sure it, it was probably put there as, as as insurance to keep that thing in there more than anything. Oh, okay. Well, I, well I, I, I shoved it in there and snug as a rug <laughs> and a bug in a rug anyway. But I'm just saying, I just want to make sure that no water just decide to come out. Yeah. But hey, it, is, oh, it, is it the kind that when you put the filter in, you have to turn it a quarter turn right? No, no, it just simply put in like two prongs and you put it in a wall and that's it. Okay. Huh. Well, you know, time will tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you wake well, up one morning and, and there's a lot of water on the floor, you got to do something different. Right. 
was wondering if that was the case. I didn't need a water intake valve. I just needed a water filter. Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, you know, the thing about DIY projects and stuff like this is that you just, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> right, and the fact, you know, the problem is is that is that the reason why you're not a pro is that you can't diagnose, what, uh, diagnose what's wrong. Um, so, therefore, you have to fix what you think might be wrong. Yeah, and um, it sounds like you fixed two things. So, right. it sounds to me like you're probably better off than you... You know, you were before. Sounds to me like you need to make yourself an award and wear it. Mm-hmm. You fixed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I just want to make sure that I was doing the right thing. If that lid didn't close up on that on that filter, it right. would still be okay. I bet it's like a, a different size generic yeah. filter, and, and I wouldn't worry about yeah. that door. If it's not impeding anything else, you're good. No. Okay, thank you, guys. Have a beautiful, blessed, and safe and healthy day. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it. All right, let's keep going. Regina's on the line in Jackson. How do you cut the end off of a nail? Ooh, this is not like a fingernail, right, Regina? <laughs> if, if I uh, have the wrong tool, it might be. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> You're right. I, uh, I have garden boxes, and I have some uh, cheap box screws through them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I have a few of them sticking out, and I've been trying to cut them off, and I went through pliers, right. hammer. I even have wire cutters, but they don't fit. Yeah, they're not snug up against it. No, yeah, you'll, you'll break your hand trying to cut a screw with a wire cutter. I've, I've done that myself. It's dumb, unless you're really, really, really strong. Yeah, there's a pretty, you can go to the big box store and buy a pretty inexpensive saw. That well, will help with that. Or you can go with the Sawzall. <laughs> well, well, and what she means is, is it a, a uh, have you ever heard of a hacksaw? I got one, and I swear, I don't know the blade. I don't know what's wrong with the yeah, blade. The blade, the blade has micro-fine teeth on it. And the reason why it does, it, 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 it cuts very slowly through metal. Um, but the, the point is those microfine teeth can actually get through that metal. Now, the other way, Regina, I have to be honest, if, if this were in Jason's house, I would have already popped out the Dremel tool with the metal cutter on it and, and yeah, already you can planted use flowers. Dremel. But if you've already got that saw, it could be that that blade is, um, you know, the wrong it, way. it's just, it's turned the wrong way or it's time to get a new one. And my trick on cutting, and I just had to do some of this on cutting off a screw like that. Remember that you want to think about leverage instead of strength. So when you start sawing on that thing, just give yourself, you know, breathe in, breathe out. Saw, 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 saw. And then after you get a little bit into that screw, take your hammer and knock it off. Yeah. And and yes, Regina. And the neat neat thing there is is that when you're using a hacksaw, one of those with the little tiny teeth, remember you're doing metal and it's tiny teeth. It, 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 it's not going to go through like butter. It takes a minute to, to really get it started good, you know. But like she said, once you get it started good, about a quarter to halfway down, you can just hit it with a hammer and it's and it'll, over. It'll come right off. Yeah. 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 Well, I was out flying on it with the supposed to be the correct blade, and I swear, am I going to be there all summer? Or <laughs> <laughs> Not that long. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it takes a minute. It, it just takes a minute. And th- let me tell you something, folks. When you get into a DIY project, why are you in a hurry? 
That's a good point. <laughs> it know, is. I mean, just enjoy. And you're not supposed to be able to do it as fast as the pros. That's yeah, why they're the pros. HGTV has made us all believe <laughs> that you can do it in a day. Right. But it just take your a time day. on it. 30 and minutes. I know, right. 30 minutes. <laughs> so, I'd be able to redo a whole house in 30 minutes. Yeah. And you yeah. know what I do? I know this is just a personal thing. When I get stuck in, like right now, I'm having to remove the deck boards off of my deck in my backyard. And I'm having to pull those screws out and I'm having to cut them all, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I just tackle it one board at a time. You know, I pull that board out and work on those screws and it may take me a minute. Why am I in a hurry? Right. There you go. The wisdom of Pam today. (laughs) Can I ask you this? Can you put, I got two blades come in the package can you put two blades on a hacksaw, or is that too, is that overdoing? Uh, no, you do gonna, not want to do no, that. No, you know you're going to have trouble sawing even more. Oh, yeah. So you know, put it on there. And I'm going to tell you, on a hacksaw, lighter is better. So if you put a lot of pressure on it, you just made it harder on yourself. Yep, yep, yep. So let the blade do the work. Let the blade do the work. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. All right. Thanks, Regina. We've got to keep on moving. We've got a few on the line here. I hope that helps out. And if, if nothing, if you want to be done with it, by a Dremel. And, well, yeah. or get a sledgehammer and just tear the whole thing up. Right. I mean, I've, yeah. I've done that, too. All right. All right. John's on the line in Gulfport. Uh, he uses rainwater in the kitchen. Really? Do, what do you do with this, John? Well, it's rather obvious, isn't it? You get rainwater off your roof. Right. Don't worry about you people in Jackson uh, or... or uh, Concerned about your water? Just use rainwater. That's what I do. I'm an organic gardener down here in Gulfport. Plenty of water, uh, no problem. I just clean out my uh, rain barrel twice a year with bleach, and right. away I go. Where'd you get your? Hey, John, where'd you get your barrels? Barrels? Yeah, where'd you get them? Plenty of places to get barrels. Plenty of them. You can use also. You can use the uh, the companies that supply you for your garbage pickup. I grab, grab one of those, clean it out, put it up under my eave, and put a screen on it, and there you go. Huh. I'll cut off. I'll let, I'll let off, and you can talk about it amongst yourselves about rainwater. Use it. Absolutely use it. Forget about rain. Forget about your water from your city. Uh, okay. I'll, y'all take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. Appreciate Thanks, John. it. Yeah, I did this years ago. I collected rainwater from a gutter of mine. Um, just I did to, it too, just, just to kind of see. see. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I did do is I, I, I did what he did. I took a trash can, a trash can. I bought a new trash can. Now, and and I had the the drain go into the trash can and fill that up. Well, at the bottom, I had cut a hole and put a, a faucet. A faucet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I put a hose from that to my garden, mm-hmm. and I used that water to water the garden. You can. That was. I think that's what you would call. Um, non-potable water so you don't want to drink that water right but you can use it for other things yeah water in the garden sure. yeah i used i tried that several years ago and i quit using it because of our humidity level Uh and it was just filling up with mildew and gunk and i mean if you're committed to that then you need to be using it every day yeah because if you just let it sit there it's going to get clogged it's up mis- and nasty. It's a mosquito trap. And mosquitoes will come. <laughs> yeah. But if you've, if you've got time, I think it's a great idea. I'm glad you said that, Pam, because I think people I, like myself are like, 
Are we drinking this water? Yeah. Like, right, right, yeah. How do we clean it off right. the roof? Yeah. Right. Like you said, Jason, it, it's great for the garden and none, none. Right, right. Well, and yeah. think about it. We are really drinking rainwater anyway. Right. So, it's, but but it, it's traveled a little while. It's traveled. It's yeah. gone through some filtration and, yeah. and you know, Keep added some. Or two. Right. right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep moving. Gloria's on the line in Hattiesburg. Uh, for the fridge guy, what were you saying, Gloria? We had a gentleman call a little bit earlier and uh, had a, a, an issue with the water on the fridge. So what were yes. you saying, Gloria? I suggest that he call the company. The, the Amana, the company that made the... Uh, made the fridge. The fridge. Yeah. Because I had, I ran uh, six times on my blood pressure cuff, and it stops recording. You can't go back to it. So I called the company, and I was very surprised, uh, surprised and pleasantly surprised. And they, uh, the lady went through each step on how to reset it, and I was back to zero. So I could start all over again and instead of having to go out and buy a new blood pressure. You're right. You know, a, a, a call to whatever helpline or customer support, anything and that, like that. And that's a great suggestion. I have done that so many times. I know for <laughs> some of us, you know, some of us, it can be your very last moment when you've been completely defeated. You finally call the line. You call the line. But, yeah, but, but it is worth the call. You know, and I'll bring something up here, and it's going to be a whole nother show, but there is a new thing called... Or some, it's a law that's working its way through mm. whatever called right to repair. Right to repair, yeah. Everybody's so on it, except it, for the car companies and the phone manufacturers. Right, so <laughs> that we can begin to repair our own items instead of, you know, because we're a throwaway culture. And they're not interested in that, by the way. Meaning, right. meaning the manufacturers are not interested in you messing around with your product. Well, but I think some of them are actually getting on board. So if you have a problem with a... Uh, an appliance or whatever, there's mm-hmm. a customer support on there. That's true. And you can call them because now they're saying that they can sell the parts and somebody else can work on it. And I'm glad you said that too, Pam, because Jason, I know if you um, call customer support sometime as your last resort, uh-huh. their first question is, well, did you remove the back panel? Right, <laughs> right. Like, well, we can't help you anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sorry, did you read page 13 of the manual, sir? the manual. Yeah, no. And, you know, I'm a nerd. I read those manuals. There's some fascinating stuff in there. No, I'm the guy defeated at the end of it with sweat and blood everywhere, calling the line, going, no. I just don't know what to do next. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Thank you uh, very much, Gloria. We appreciate it. It's a great idea. Chad's on the line in Oxford, and he's got some wood rot outside on the siding. What's, What's going on, Chad? Hey there. Yeah, I bought a new house, fortunately, last year. It was built around 1980, and uh, it's got wood siding on the outside, and I've had it long enough now that I've made the mistake of starting to get curious and looking around the outside of the house and right. wood rot in some places. And I've used the uh, stuff that's kind of like spackle, the plastic wood, to fill in some of the smaller holes, but some of it's right at the bottom of the siding, and some of the holes are bigger than a baseball, and Gravity doesn't seem to agree with that product when I'm fixing those, so I'm, I'm curious if you have a better suggestion or maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Um, if you've got baseball size holes in your wood, you need to cut that wood out. 
um, and 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 reapply another another something. <laughs> even even new wood would be better than rotting wood. Yeah, and if you're gonna get into something like that, there's this awesome product called a multi tool. And it would be good okay. for something like that. It is a tool that will cut, and it'll go straight in as well as go side to side. And you could cut out that baseball-sized area mm-hmm. and then match some wood. Now, let me be very, very clear on this, folks, because I see it all the time. If you're going to replace wood siding on the outside of your house— mm-hmm then try to use some type of a product that is meant for outside your house. <laughs> okay. Don't go be buying the cheapest wood you can find because right. that means it's not treated. Right. And I will see that all day long. And it's just all it's going to do is rot again. Yeah. Yeah, Chad, maybe maybe when they uh, put that up, maybe they might not have put the correct preparation, which on wood would be paint of some sort or, or stain. Or if it's old, it's yeah. just it's just old. Right. It's just time to And if it was, you know, things. I mean, you know, we know what happens when you use cedar on something, it's going to be around a long time. But if it's not, I mean, if it's a, a cheaper wood, something like that, it can rot quickly. There so, wood rot on the outside of a house is pretty common actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, I mean, how important is it? So some of this doesn't look bad if you're looking at it from a distance. But, of course, I've gone over and pressed on it and found that it kind of flakes away as soon as you start. So is it important for me to get all of that removed as soon as possible, or is it okay to leave it as long as it's not falling off on its own? For me, I'd want to get it out as soon as possible because what I see is not the problem. It's, It's what's behind it. Oh, so are you thinking there might be some moisture or something behind that that's well, helping? Well, every time it gets wet, it's just going to rot some more. So it's not protecting. Siding on the outside of your house is there to protect the inside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really doing its gig anymore. You know, if I get, it's it's just like me, you know, if I get a little blemish on my skin, I'm like, okay, what's going underneath that? And so I have to go to an expert and get it fixed. So on the outside of your house, if you're starting to see wood rot, by not addressing it, all you're doing is pushing the problem down the road where it's going to cost more to fix it in the long run. And if I can say one thing to our listeners is your house is the most expensive thing most people will buy in their entire lives. Right. Okay? And yet it's where they spend the least amount of money to take care of it. And then they get upset when they want to sell it because they got all these problems. And it's not worth what they thought. Yes. So take care of these goofy. And I just commend you on going outside and looking at all of this. And trying to maintain it mm-hmm. because it's if it's if you see right on the outside, there's probably something going on on the underside of that as well. So go ahead and address it. Something you could look at is if it's not like super mushy, what I see, and I actually think this is a great idea, is Bondo. And that's the product that they use on cars. On cars, yeah. And you can use that Bondo product, and I see it all the time, where where people will patch Mm -hmm. wood on the outside. People use it a lot on cabinetry, Chad, uh, because once you put it there, it's sandable, it's moldable, you can make it look like anything, and it's darn near indestructible. I mean, it's really good stuff. Yeah, if a baseball hits that, it's going to hurt the baseball. It is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Good Thanks, luck Chad. with it, Chad. We appreciate it. Craig's on the line in Biloxi, and he's got a suggestion for that uh, rain barrel we were talking about. What's going on, Craig? Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, first off, I want to say about that water and the, and the rot, uh, he's also inviting termites. Okay, oh, now, yeah, if there's yeah, water in the woods. Good point. You're right. Yeah, so anyway, back to the rain barrels. I use a, a siphoning method on these things because when you put a hole in the bottom, you got to buy a valve, you got to make sure it don't leak, and that always causes problems, and you got to put one in every barrel. So I just Oh, use the siphoning. Yeah. Yeah, so I jam a pipe down there, and I also have an emergency system for the house. The water is always going out. So I have a quarter-inch copper quarter inch hose and a quarter inch valve and, and i just jam it in a in a pan i set a pan up high and, and i got water wow nice that's fantastic yeah and craig you got a lot of time <laughs> right yeah. and, and, and and about termites i got a good one for termites i had to do a job where i had termite damage and figure out what to get rid of so i used a sledgehammer anything that went with a sledgehammer got replaced Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And do you know, this is just a side note, just doesn't have anything to do with anything, but do you know what the biggest em- enemy of a termite is? What? No. Ants. Really? Mm-hmm. Fire ants. Fire ants? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what? That's just horrible. <laughs> But the reason why I say that is because, you know, as horrible as termites are, it's like inviting the worst house guest ever to come over and take care of your problems. Well, you know, the fire ant should be the Mississippi bird because, I mean, we just got so <laughs> many of them. And I'm just, there's got to be something we could do with all of them. There should be. Sure you can. You can push them to your neighbor's yard. <laughs> That's it's right. about as good as you can hope to do. <laughs> uh, so anyway. All right. Uh, real quick. I've got a uh, an email. What were you going to say, Java? Well, no, I was going to say that sounded like a, a, a Saturday afternoon movie, three o'clock movie, <laughs> termites versus fire. Versus yes, fire. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah. I want to see that. That's great. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got an email here. It just hurt my heart to read. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. And 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 I'm going to let you just take it, Pam. Oh, okay? golly. See, I love right. that. I love to talk. It's yeah. my favorite thing. We have a hot spot that has practically turned into a hot floor in the bathroom. And part of the bedroom attached to the bathroom. Also, the cold water, when first turns on, runs hot instead of cold. What's the cause of this? And do you call a plumber for this problem? The house is on a slab. Thank you. Oh. I know. When I read it, it just hurt my soul, man. (laughs) Okay. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go out. If it's constant, then you might have a leak. So I'm going to go find that water meter. I'm going to open that up. I'm going to look at that uh, the display down there. I'm going to take a picture of it with my cell phone I'm, and make sure all the water's off in the house. And then right. I'm going to go back in about 30 minutes. And if that display has changed, it is time to call the plumber. Right. Because that right. means you've got some type of a leak. Now, I can hear Jeff right now. Um, if you have a leak in your slab, that is not necessarily catastrophic if it's no. not sewer. If it's supply... Your plumber can literally reroute those lines in the attic. Right. So you don't have to go down. And I'm going to guess if the water is hot, then it's not a sewer problem. It's a supply problem. Right. We had had a friend here at MPB who had the same exact issue under under his brick 
floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, there was a warm spot, and then if you took your your shoes off, it was definitely warmer than everything else in this cool kind of tile brick home. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was nothing but a, it was a it was a water break on the supply, the supply side, the hot supply side. The interesting thing is, is that you know, uh, it's only the hot side that you might even know broke. If if the hot side breaks, you can feel the warmth yeah, through you, the floor. Yeah. If the cold side breaks, you don't necessarily feel that. You may not know it until the water bill is right. <laughs> right. way on up there. Right. So. It's kind of a blessing to get the hot spot yeah. in the floor. You know something's going on. Well, and people do this all the time. They reroute those supply lines in the attic. It's just not that big of a deal. So you don't have to bust your slab up if it's a supply issue. It's the first thing anyone thinks. It's the first thing I thought when I when I when I felt the hot spot in the floor. I thought, oh no, here come the bulldozers and the you know. Mm-hmm. No, it's not nearly that bad. No, no, they can with the products we've got these days. And I call that in inspections when I, if I'm walking through an older house and I see a water line up there. I'm like, wonder why that's up there. And so I'll just note that in the report that it looks like there's a new supply line up there. Consult the owner about the history and see if you can find out why. It's just kind of interesting to know. Right. Okay. Well, um, uh, we were speaking earlier about uh, termites and their their great enemy the uh, fire ant. The fire ant. So if you want to fight one with the other, have at it. <laughs> Kathleen's on the line <laughs> in Osaka. Kathleen, you had a comment about the ants. This may be the quickest tip I ever give y'all. Try vinegar. So most of it will go half and half. When you see an ant pile, open it up and pour a couple cups down there. They're gone. Wait, 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 wait. You can't kill the ants. They're after the termites. Yeah, we're going to pickle our ants is what right, it says. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I killed the termites and the red fire ants. I'm not particular. Right. <laughs> try that. Just don't do it around your favorite plant. Yeah. Also, the state of the plant. But if they're like in a garden bed where you don't want them to be, you water them. You water them. You water them. They make a move until you get them out in the yard, and then you spray them with the vinegar and say, ha, ha, I gotcha. Yeah, right until they get on the other side of the chain link fence for the other guy's yard. Yeah. You know, I had my uh, pest control license for a while when I first got into this industry. Oh, yeah. And the state of Mississippi is one of the hardest regulated states really? on termite. So, um, and some of the stuff that I learned, it was fascinating, some of the stuff that I learned. And there was an entomologist up there who told me that the one of the best products out there is called Over and Out. Uh-huh. And you can get this at the big, and I've used it ever since. And you put it in a, a spreader. Mm-hmm. It's not real expensive. Put it across your grass probably in March before uh-huh. they really start coming out. And they don't come up. I haven't had a fire ant in my yard in really well, almost 15, 16 years. All right. Well, then you got to say that name again. What was that called? It's called Over and Out. And it's in a gold and blue bag at the big box stores. Great product. I mean, and I've used it for the, years. It's just in the uh, it's just in the uh, the aisle where they sell all the ant killer and stuff. Right. And what it does is it prevents them from coming up mm-hmm. to begin with. You know, it's like. Do you you know, mean, does that mean they're down underneath the ground? They're under, yeah, and that's all insects that are kind of destructive kind of start down in the ground. <laughs> Man. You know, the hornets. And, 
I don't know, I can't help you with that, but those it's fire ants that solved my problem years ago with mm-hmm. those son of a guns. Now I don't know if I got termites that I need to check on. Yeah, well, you don't have any ants to kill them. I don't so. have any yeah. ants to kill them. Yeah. All right, Fix It One Hundred and One is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Miss Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, and I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.